Welcome to the Dog Friendly KW Podcast with your hosts Justine and Mackenzie on Midtown Radio KW. our season three finale um and this is our traditional q a episode so you asked and we are going to answer so let's go i'm walking sleepless pushing through the storm Welcome to the Dog Friendly KW Podcast with your hosts, Justine and Mackenzie on Midtown Radio KW. And today is our season three finale. And as is tradition, we will be doing a Q&A episode. Whoop so whoop. to mix things up a little bit, um, we've collected questions. Um, some were given to us at our holiday event yesterday. Some were submitted via Instagram. Um, and we will be answering them blind during today's session. So we haven't prepped any responses. We don't know what the questions are. I'm a little nervous. Um, and we're going to do our best to answer them on a whim. So let's go. So I, for everybody who's listening, you obviously cannot see me, but I have a bunch of little strips of paper and they have questions on them. So I'm just going to pick one at random and we're going to answer them. So... Let's do a drum roll. Oh my gosh. Okay. The first question is, why does our dog hate my husband? <laughs> it's also important to note that this person wrote an M when they were about to write our and they crossed it out and then they wrote our as if they were about to write my dog and they corrected themselves to write our dog. That is hilarious. I'm sorry to your husband, but that is hilarious. <laughs> okay, um, so why does our dog hate my husband? All right, Ken's hot take. What do you think? Well, it could be many different reasons without knowing the ins and outs of the relationship, but um, I do find that dogs tend to choose favorites when it comes to certain things. So, for example, around, you know, dinner time, if you or your partner um, are one that feeds the dog more, um, you could be, you know, more of a favorite. But actually, one thing that I found that really adds to the favoritism is play. So if you are one to play with your dog more or, um, you know, do more training or activities with your dog, then the favorite uh, tends to be that individual. From my experience and from what I've seen in a lot of different dog owners, um, Justine, would you agree? I would agree. And I would also say that your dog probably doesn't hate your husband. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> your husband probably just has some work to do to improve your relationship with your dog. So 
I mean, when Ken's is talking about play, I think it really depends on what motivates your dog and how do you each engage with the dog and are you actually, you know, working with your dog in a way that excites them and motivates them um, and makes them happy. So I like my dog Marshall is an incredibly rough player. He bites, he's wild. So my partner spent a lot of time playing with him when he was younger and I started to notice that Marshall kind of would like gravitate to him. And I was like, no, no, this is my dog. Like that's not okay. So I started playing with him more um, because I wanted to, I knew he was really motivated by play and he loved to play. And I'm now a hundred percent his favorite now that I do all the walks mostly. And now I play with him. So I get bonus points for play. It kind of goes back to our episode about your dog's love language too. Right. Yeah. So exactly what Justine is saying, what motivates your dog, what, what gets your dog excited, what gets your dog interested in you, like you, you, you to be the most interesting thing in the room. Um, and that just leads back to, um, you know, I'm using air quotes, but like favorites, um, it's just the way dogs communicate. I also think so. Kenzie, you mentioned like, you know, if like somebody is like one to like feed the dog table scraps, um, I actually don't know if that person would naturally become the dog's favorite. I think like dogs really do look for leadership and guidance in their lives. And if you've established, you know, structure and boundaries and rules for your dog, um, they're actually probably going to respect you for that. And um, you might think that being the lenient dog parent might might leave you being the favorite, but that actually might not be the case depending on your dog. So that's something to think about as well. Yeah, 100% from experience. I was never one to feed table scraps, but my partner was, and uh, that led to the dogs begging and gravitating to him during mealtimes, but after mealtime was over, they were both back on my lap. So <laughs> there you go. Uh, <laughs> very fascinating question. Okay. That was a good one. Uh, that was. That was like, that was not what I was expecting. Yeah. So. Let me pull another one. So again, I've got my little scraps here. All right. Okay. We talked about this last week. So this is well timed. Um, what is your favorite last minute gift idea for the dog parent in your life? Ooh, well. So you should definitely listen to last week's episode, our holiday episode. We have half of the episode was about last minute gifts. Um. But yeah, off the top of my head, Kens, what do you think for last minute gifts for a dog parent? Well, I'm a little biased, but our community dog sweater is always a great gift. Yeah, we've got a handful left. So if you're listening to this and you want one before Christmas, send us a message and we'll we'll hook out. They're not on the website, but we can hook you up. We also have some fur mom and fur dad mugs from Pretty by Her. So we could hook you up with one of those and totes. Yep. So really, you should just come to us if you're looking for a last-minute gift. Otherwise, um, one thing we talked about last week was a photography session, so from a pet photographer. Yeah, that's a really good one because, again, photos are timeless, and uh, who doesn't love pictures of their dog hanging up in their home or even as a computer background or whatever? Um, so, yeah, those uh, that's a great option. Um, and then lastly, if you can't think of anything to get for the human, just get something for their dog, literally. <laughs> so if you're really struggling, you know, there's like Finnegan's Deli, Spoil the Dog Bakery. Uh, they have uh, a lot of different options for the for the dogs in your life. But of course, the humans would, I'm, I know I would appreciate that nonetheless. 
I will also say that Mackenzie gave me a great gift this weekend, one dog owner to another, which I forgot at her house and I think is sitting on her table. It is. Um, it is a book called The Forever Dog, and it just came out in October, I believe, and it's all about you know supporting your dog's health so they can live um, a really long and happy life. So we're excited to read that next year and hopefully give a review of it on the podcast. Um, yeah, so that would be a great gift because you can grab it, you know, from your local bookstore, from Indigo, or from Amazon. Yep, yep, yep. Cool, cool, cool. All right, I'm going to pull one more, and then we've got three left for this second half. Okay. <laughs> okay, wait, I'm saving that one. Okay. That's, that's two. That one's spicy. Ooh. Oh, my gosh, there's two questions on here. Oh my goodness. These are good questions. Okay. Oh gosh. Okay. <laughs> These are so spicy. Okay. What's your opinion on a trainer firing clients? Ooh. Ooh. You know, you know what? I respect that trainer, to be honest. Yeah. I think that if a trainer decides they are unable to work with a certain dog or potentially their owner, then that says something right there. And you know what? If, if it's not going to work, it's not worth any money in the world. Um, if it's not going to work, it's not going to work. Um, you know, maybe you have a dog who is really super extra sensitive and you are, uh, you know, training with a balance trainer and that balance trainer says, you know what? I don't think this is the right method to take with your specific dog. I would suggest doing this. If the trainer has a specific reason why they don't think that you're a good fit with their training program, then all the power to them. I actually would highly respect somebody if they decided to let me go as a client um, yep. based on the fact they don't think they can help me or my dog. Yeah, I think that is a really good point. I think it's pretty honorable. I mean, they're saying no to money, right? And that's their that job is usually their their livelihood. One thing I would also say um, to be considered is um, if if your trainer, you know, lets go of you as a client, I would hope that if they did that, that they would give you some alternatives of where else you could go that might be a better fit. Um, so I would hope that that would be the case in that situation. And in that case, I think that would be very acceptable. The other thing I could think of is if your trainer has seen that you're not putting in the work in between sessions and you're because really training with your trainer it's not for your dog it's for you yes you are being trained by the trainer and you need to take all of that away and implement it and trainers right now are so strapped for time and are booking out so far in advance that I can see why they would want to prioritize sessions with folks who are really 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 putting in the work with their dogs um so that's something else to keep in mind as well um yeah well that was a really good question, and I'm excited to hear what the second question is um, on on this one. So we're going to take a quick break, and uh, when we come back, we'll continue on with all of these fun questions. So stay tuned.
Welcome back to the Dog Friendly KW podcast with your hosts, Justine and Mackenzie. Um, today is our Q&A episode, and we are answering all of your questions on a whim with no advanced prep. So you're getting our most authentic selves here. Nothing scripted. So let's dive into some more surprise questions, shall we? Let's do it. I have more. I got my little papers. I'm going to pick one at random. Okay. So I actually got uh, part two. Not part two. They're totally different questions. But the one that had two questions, this is the same person's second question. Ken's, you're going to love this. Ooh, I'm excited. What are your thoughts on raw feeding versus kibble? Spicy. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, yeah, we have different thoughts on this. So you go first and then I'll go. Okay, so I feed raw to my dogs. I feed a balanced raw diet. Um, so balanced diet, raw diet rather, means it's um, it's not only just meat, so it's also bone and organ. Um, so uh, I buy it pre-made, all ground up, uh, nice and balanced. And then I add in my different, um, you know, probiotics or um, supplements, whatever. I change their meals almost every single day, which is kind of fun. Um, The reason I chose to feed raw to my dogs is because firstly, I know exactly what is entering my dog's system. So with a lot of kibble, you don't really get that clarity. you know, it's like anything, even human food, you know, you don't, you read the label, but like, what are you really consuming? So it really came down to that. Um, also the amount of, um, exercise, um, you know, my dogs tend to do, I just said, you know what, this is really clean. It's a nice clean diet. Again, I know exactly what is going into my dogs and, uh, it has just worked really, really well for both of them. So they are conditioned well, which is funny because my vet is actually not, a pro raw feeder. She doesn't, when I first told her I was switching to raw, she's like, don't do it. And I was like, well, I'm going to anyway, I'm sorry. And then the last time she saw um, the girls, uh, she was like over the moon on how well conditioned they were. She quote unquote, perfect confirmation. And I, my ego just exploded. So, (laughs) um, but yeah, I I chose to go that route um, from a local uh, raw food maker, just again, I know what's happening in going into my dogs. And um, also, if you're interested, there's a really, really good documentary, I believe, just on YouTube. It's called Pet Fooled. And it talks about the um, the kibble industry. Um, it's, it's vets who talk about it and new, uh, pet nutritionists. Um, it's very, very interesting. Highly recommend it. Again, it's called Pet Fooled. Um, really, really good documentary. Cool. Thanks, Ken. So what you said about your vet is a good segue into what I'm going to say. So I feed kibble. Um, I feed open farm, um, which is an incredibly high quality kibble. Um, Most of the ingredients are sourced in Canada unless they're a specialty um, like New Zealand mussels that you can only get in New Zealand. Um, Things are sourced within Canada and every ingredient is traceable. Um, It's also cooked at incredibly low temperatures to preserve all of the nutritional value. Um, I'm also vegan, so I have no desire to handle raw meat. um, So that definitely played into my decision. Um, But I will say that the biggest deciding factor for me in deciding to keep Marshall in a kibble is because unfortunately, and this is likely because the the 
the large pet food industry dominates the funding that funds any sort of research in the field. But that said, there is very little um, peer-reviewed literature that would demonstrate that raw is better than a high-quality kibble. Um, so with that, I felt uncomfortable taking that leap, um, like the the risks and the benefits, just the the proper ratio wasn't there for me. But that said, I'm excited to read this book, The Forever Dog, because I believe they do talk about some new emerging evidence. Um, so I'll be really interested in reading about that. Um, but that is the main reason why vets don't recommend it, because there isn't necessarily the scientific literature just yet to back it up. But there is so much anecdotal evidence to say, like from stories like you, Ken's, that your dogs thrive on this diet. Um, so there's lots of anecdotal evidence. We're just lacking in that that scientific literature, and I don't doubt that it will come with time. Yes, um, one of the uh, co-authors of this Forever Dog book that Justine and I are talking about, um, she is a vet, and um, her whole the reason I started following her years ago was due to the fact that she was a pro raw vet. So um, very interesting um, content she posts on social media. Um, I'll share it uh, with everybody. Um, when when we post the podcast. Uh, but yeah, Dr. Karen, she's really interesting. Um, but you nailed it about like the clinical research. Uh, the thing with a lot of these big brand name uh, kibble companies like IE science diet hill hills or you know even Royal Canin, um, yep. they um, also, you know, they work hand in hand with the OVC. So with that being said, you know, they, they do fund a lot of these studies, clinical research studies. So, and that's why you see those brands specifically in vet offices. So, um, you know, I understand that completely, but, uh, it's, it's quite interesting how, yeah, different dogs react to different, um, how different dogs react to different food. Yeah. That's a loaded question. We could probably do a full episode on that or have a guest in to talk about that at some point. But I'm going to move us ahead and pick another question. So <laughs> this is the one I pulled earlier and I was like, we don't have time for this. Why do you hate flexi leashes? You go first. <laughs> okay, well, I hate flexi leashes because everybody uses them in the condo building I live in. And they always have it in the flexi mode so then their dog can charge a bajillion feet away from them at your dog or at you at their leisure. And they have no control over their dog. I was just going to say that for me, it just comes to control. So you are not walking your dog. If your dog's on a flexi flexi leash, your dog is walking you. Um, (laughs) You know, some people are okay with that. I'm not okay with that. I want to have full control over my dog. I want dogs. I want to make sure my dogs are safe beside me. I want to make sure that if, you know, you know, there's a strange dog approaching or even oncoming traffic, whatever it may be, it could be a billion different things that my dog is secure and safe beside me. I also don't like dogs walking in front of me. I, of course I allow that sometimes, but if I am like Justine with you and Marshall, like when you're walking, you are walking with your dog beside you. And when we go on long leashed walks, that's how I want my dogs to, to be. Um, it's just a, maybe I'm too anal but that's I just want to have polite dogs on leash and if you have a dog on a flexi leash they will never learn how to be polite on a leash 
Yep. And trust when I say that walk, having a dog that is trained to walk in a heel loosely beside you rather than 10 feet ahead of you on a flexi leash makes for a much better walk. Sure so does. That is why we don't like flexi leashes, also known as retractable leashes. Okay. We have two questions left and Matt's going to tell us we don't have enough time, but we're going to do them anyways. Oh, we already answered this one. Thoughts on a raw diet. Oh, there we go. There we go. All right. Last question. Ah, this is fun. What events are you planning for 2022? Ooh, well, should we spoil it? We should. We can give a high-level summary. So you can definitely expect um, some version or repeat of the two events we've hosted so far. So the Halloween pooch party and the ultimate holiday market location, setup, size, scope might be different, but there will be a Halloween event and there will definitely be a holiday event. Ken's, what else do we have planning? I think we can share like details about our February event. Yes. So I was just going to say short term, um, looking at, you know, the day of love. Well, every day is love with your dogs. But on Valentine's Day, uh, we are looking to host a small market. Um, details coming soon. But yes, how adorable. You know, Valentine's Day, you go spend it with your loved one, aka your dog and your loved human one if you want to. <laughs> but... <laughs> We are, uh, yeah, we are planning a uh, Valentine's Day market. Also, one more thing um, that we are planning on doing is we're looking at doing some um, monthly get-togethers. So um, coming up on the 22nd of December, we are doing, you know, a, a walk through Waterloo Park for the Winters of Wonderland. Winters of Winter. Oh, whatever. <laughs> so close oh i was close but yeah so that is going to happen um on a wednesday evening on the 22nd um which will be fun and then um moving forward uh, we're looking to do some sort of monthly get together whether it's a walk and then you know stop by a local dog friendly brewery for a pint or um you know do a couple stops along our way and a couple dog friendly businesses so stay tuned for that but very much looking forward to those events i think that'll be really fun for our dog friendly community to be able to get out with their dogs and also support local businesses. Yeah. If you keep an eye on our website, our Facebook page, and our Instagram, we will always share all of our events on all of those three places so you can get a, a sense of what's going on um, as the year progresses. So I think that takes us to the end of all of our questions. Thanks to everyone who submitted them. Those were awesome questions. Um, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and do a recap of our holiday event from yesterday at Farm League Brewing. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Dog Friendly KW podcast. And uh, over the weekend, we had a amazing, well, an amazing event. Um, we had the our first ever Ultimate 
holiday market at Farm League Brewing. So, Justine, tell us, what happened at the event? How awesome was it? Okay, well, first of all, if you've ever been to Farm League, they're... It's not a huge space. It's like a fair size, but you get a number, a bunch of vendors with 10 vendors. Uh, you get 10 vendors in there and then all the people and all the dogs. And it was pretty wild. There were probably like 30, 40 plus dogs in there at one point. Um, so that was awesome. There was delicious beer to be drank. The beer, the beer is really good. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. They have great beer. Um, Play with Clay was there stamping dog paws and Clay. Oh, my God. So cute. My dog wouldn't do it because he's a jerk. Um, so that didn't happen for me. Uh, Elk and Hound was there stamping tags on site. Victor Rose was taking holiday pictures. Oh, my God. It was the best. Yeah. There was a lot of interactive booths, which was really, really fun. Um, also... Yeah, we had Baking You Happy, we had uh, Bully Love Boutique, we had uh, Gray Seal with her portraits, we had uh, Modern Thrift Co. selling some thrifted items, um, also Top Dog Gear. We had a lot of really great vendors and, um, oh, and Terrible Tobies. But yeah, the event was magical. Again, everybody was so respectful. The dogs were all on their best behavior. We had an opportunity at our booth for dogs to get a Finnegan's Deli treat and a free sticker if they showed us their best trick, which was adorable. We saw a lot of really cute tricks. It was awesome. Uh, uh, but yeah, it was just so great to see everybody come out to Cambridge. Uh, that's the furthest, obviously, we've uh, gone yet. And we had such a great turnout. We are so thankful to our awesome dog-friendly KW community. Um, and we can't wait to do more events, really. I. Well, even coming up in February, it's going to be another banger. Can't wait. Yep. Can't wait for it. And now we're going to take a quick break and come back to wrap up our final episode of the season. You've been listening to the Dog Friendly KW Podcast, and today is our season finale Q&A episode. So we've been answering all of our community questions. We've had some really good ones. I think this was the best one yet with in terms of like the diversity of questions and like the depth of them. They were really good. Okay, so to wrap up today's episode, Mackenzie, can you share with us what your favorite episode of the Dog Friendly KW podcast was this season? Ooh, that's a hard question. It is. I think it was with Not One More Vet. Honestly. Um, it was a really hard episode, um, like emotionally draining a bit, but I think that the message that was said and the information that was said was very eye-opening. Um, and I think it just, well, I hope it makes, you know, people a little more empathetic when it comes to our vets and who take care of our animals. 
That's what I was going to say. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was going to say that one. So I was going to pick like a serious one and a fun one. So since you already picked the serious one, um, I would say we had a lot of good fun ones this season. But I think my favorite was the myth busting episode. That was fun. Yeah, that was really fun. I really enjoyed that one. I like the ones like today where we get to like bounce around and talk about a couple of different topics. Um, I always find those ones really fun and engaging and organic. So yeah, I would say the myth busting one was one of my favorites. Aside, I mean, I could pick all of the guests because they were all fantastic. But if I were to like not pick a guest, it would definitely be the myth busting episode. Well, thanks so much, everybody, for tuning in to season three of the Dog Friendly KW podcast. We will be back in January with season four. In the meantime, you can listen to all of our episodes on Spotify or anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also catch reruns every Saturday at 11 a.m. on Midtown Radio. So have a safe and happy holiday season with your pups, and we will see you in 2022. Watching the time slip away